Well spunked. Have you not been hearing me? Oh man, the goon! Welcome to the Trade Secrets Podcast. Sorry the neurons aren't firing today. Yes, it is. Exactly. Cleanses the palate with zombies. Comic book talk by comic book geeks just like you. Did I just have a stroke? That's a valuable misprint, sir. And now, your hosts, Luke Matthews. My toilet gets clogged. I moved to a new house. <laughs> and Bean. I think it's like the literary version of bad superhero crossovers that we never meant to be. Joel Simon. Just like a good pusher does, the first one's free, and then he kind of doles it out, you know, when he sees fit. And Andy Padel. He's not like Mr. Fantastic who's like, oh, the solution to the antimatter problem is that we need to bring Galactus into this universe. Blah, 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 blah. All right, are we actually ready to go? Yes. Are we going to start this? Sort of. Sort of? Have you finished oh, actually okay. reading yeah. it? I didn't do all the reading before class. <laughs> we can go. My dog ate the homework. <sighs> all right. Welcome, everybody, to episode two of the Trade Secrets Podcast. I am Luke Matthews, and I am joined today by Andy Padell. Hello. Joel Simon. Sup, sup. And Ann Bean. Howdy. Uh, this episode, we are going to be talking about Chew Taster's Choice. It is the first trade in the Chew comic book series. It collects the first five issues of the book. Um, as usual, we're going to start the show off by uh, talking, hopefully briefly this time, about uh, what we're reading right now. Um, we'll start with Andy. Uh, I am rereading two things. Um, I am reading The Hunter, which is Darwin Cook's book. Um, if you guys have ever seen Payback, it's... The same, the same story. It's the '60s version. It's amazing, and it looks very Dick Tracy-ish with the art. Uh, I've been on a big kick of reading a bunch of like noir stories, uh, some Brubaker stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's about it. Cool. I can't remember <laughs> how to read. <laughs> no, I, I, I was just actually finishing up the Astonishing X-Men, the Joss Whedon run. So right. that's stuff that was done last week. And I, I took a little break from, from reading comic books. I know I got out, enjoyed the sunshine the one day that we had, and, <laughs> and then came back. But um, I know, actually, I have to say that Whedon, he wrapped it up really nicely. Because uh, reading the whole thing, there's a lot of writers, when they get down to the end, they don't know how it ends or how they should end it. And that one ended pretty well. You know, so uh, I'm, I'm actually on issue 20 of 24 in that run. So, OK, I'm, I'm, I'm getting down, there. You're down to the break world. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the funny thing is I was I actually I, every once in a while I actually pick read uh, X-Force or something like that. And they have the uh, they have an advertisement for the return to break world. So it, I guess this is like a new world that they go to, like the Shi'ar or something like that. It, I don't know. For for some reason, the the break world people they kind of look like um, Doctor Seuss. <laughs> what were those people from the Grinch? Who yeah, who? Who's? Yeah, the Who's. They look like Who's <laughs> with muscles. It's it, like, I just can't. I can't get over fifty percent. Fifty percent Who's. Fifty percent Skeksis from the Dark Crystal. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, That's amazing. Yeah. That's my line. <laughs> 
I'm rub- you're rubbing off on me. Fantastic. Oh, shit. By the way, kids, if you want to make this into a drinking game, just drink every time uh, Andy says amazing. <laughs> or fantastic. Or fantastic. fantastic yeah. um, I'm not going to use either of those words once this entire podcast. Bullshit. Ooh, challenge accepted. Amazing. How many times is Andy going to be like, that's a fuck. <laughs> that's a... Good. <laughs> Astonishing. <laughs> okay. Next. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I have been reading Unwritten, which is by the same team that did Lucifer, and it's neat, and I'll probably make you guys read it in a couple of weeks. That'd be awesome. Glenn Carey, is that it? Uh, Mike, Mike Carey, Carey Mike and Peter... Cross. Yes. Thank you, right. Peter Cross. Sounds right, right to like me. Um, <coughs> I've also been following a couple of web comics beyond my usual um bucko which is by jeff parker the guy that wrote sixth gun unless i'm completely off my mark nope that's colin nope Bunn. dang who wrote what did jeff parker do nah, he did something it was coherent anyway <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's illustrated by erica moen who is neat and i like her illustrations although mike said she she was a jerk to him at the con but she was nice to me so. <laughs> um oh one other thing that I know Joel and I think Luke read it too was uh, Uncanny X Force 5.1. I have not read it, but I want to. Uh, okay, then I will not talk about it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Return of the Re- Trust me, if I haven't read something by the time we do the show, I'm not expecting to walk it's, away it's a, unspoiled. It's like a week old. I, well, okay, I, yeah. I also want to get issues one through five, which yeah. I can't find anywhere. Um, um, well, 5.1 is a side story, and it takes place with the Reavers, Lady Deathstrike, and Gateway. Yeah. Which is interesting. the X-Men that I remember from when I first started reading. Hmm. Yeah. And that's and the funny thing is that's when I stopped reading X-Men, is when they are going back to the Reavers. But I, I'm seeing these yeah. old X-Men that are coming back. And, you know, as a matter of fact, now that I'm not put on the spot, I remember what I was reading now. It was a whole uh-huh. bunch of, like, random trades. Uh, Millar's run on Fantastic Four. Yeah. When the, with the Galacticus engine or something like that. Uh, craziness. Um, and then also uh, a couple issues of uh, Bendis' Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah. Bendis is pretty good. Good stuff. I, it, it's amazing that he can actually... It, it's any, like, subject that he takes on, which is Spider-Man in high school, in teenager stuff, and he actually does it really good and makes it interesting. I thought it was going to be a little too Buffy-ish, but it was pretty good. And um, there was something else a little bit darker, but I can't remember it. The one thing that Bendis... I think it was Bendis who did it. Uh, did Bendis do the run that was during... Um, oh, God. the the Not the initiative, but what happened before it, um, where it was the pro-registration versus... Oh yeah, um, Civil War. Yeah, the one I think he did parts of Civil War, of course. If why well, he was like he's like the COO of Marvel right now or something like that, or at the time he Bendis was. is Bendis yeah. was the uh, chief creative wow. officer or something like that. Huh. Um, but he was the person who said that Peter Parker would come out to the media and explain who he was, which has stood against everything <laughs> that Peter Parker has ever done in the past yeah. forty years. That's the one thing that he did that I did not agree with, mm. and mm. they retconned it right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What is the deal with Spider-Man and retcon? It's only been three of them. <laughs> oh, is that all? Yeah. <laughs> the Spider-Man who died was just a clone. Okay. Oh, that, that stuff didn't happen because he sold his soul to the devil to save Aunt May. Yeah. So I have been reading 15-year-old comics. Uh, I have started reading Preacher. Uh, ah. Fantastic. I am halfway through the first hardcover trade, so I'm, I, I just finished the first story arc 
where um, uh, they meet up with oh, fuck. I can't remember any of their names. Uh, the vampire, what's his name? Cassidy. Cassidy. They meet up with Cassidy's friend, who turns out to be a serial killer, and um, and then they they have just parted ways with uh, like Ca- with Cassidy. Cassidy went his own way, and uh, the main guy and 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 Tulip went on their merry way and i'm starting into the next arc um it's good so far it's it it feels it's a slow build uh in this first part like it's 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 the it's moving surprisingly slow this is not not a surprise to anybody who's actually been reading comics since 95 uh because i preacher was one that i just for some reason completely avoided preacher and and transmetropolitan i just completely missed um i i tried now on the that being said I'm enjoying Preacher now. I have gone back in the last few years and gone to read Transmetropolitan, and I, f- I fucking hated it. <laughs> like I hated it. So I, I really liked it, but you know, so, a lot of people I know uh, liked it. Preacher is singles because for some, I, I just got lucky with that and started reading it from the first issue. Mm-hmm. When in the second story arc, when Tulip gets shot in the head at the end of the the issue, there was a month where I was like. They just killed off a main character, and that wasn't something that I like. You know, yeah, people die in the Marvel universe, you know, all the time. You get brought back. I didn't think that was going to happen in Preacher. I'm just like, yeah. okay, the love of his life just got executed, and then a month later, well, Dave's Ex Machina, literally. Hey. Yeah, I've never, uh, I haven't gotten that far. Yeah, you have. New yeah. York. It's the second story arc. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the farmhouse. No, that's that, I'm. I ended the first story arc. I am now starting into the second story arc. So whatever, yeah. it, like I said, yeah. like I said, I'm not worried about spoilers on a 15 year old comic. I think the statute yeah. of limitations yeah. on spoilers exactly. is well up. It, and also, the moment so. it gets lost in trades because it's the middle between two issues, so you just flip the page and yeah, yeah. and they're well. back. You know, which is a funny thing because I don't like Preacher, but I like Transmet. So yeah, different tastes. Yeah, you know, yin and yang here. Good. Well, then yeah. that means that eventually, when we when we do Preacher, uh, mm. I'll be the one that likes it, and you can be the one that argues against it. And eventually, we'll do Transmit, and and I can be the okay. one that's railing against it. And so. I will just cackle madly with yeah. glee. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I'm Andy, and I like every comic that's ever been made. Not Pretty true. Certain. Not true. <laughs> Not true. <laughs> I know. There um, is there is something you hate. Anything by Neil Gaiman. Okay. Right. There you go. Um, I'm also. <laughs> I'm still reading Powers. I, I started the second hardcover, so I'm in the middle of... I, I just got past the monkey sex as... <laughs> as uh, yeah. And you know, hard. the funny thing is so. that's that's what they call it, too. I guess he got a lot of... Because he has the letters at the end of those story arcs, and he talks about he got a lot of letters about the monkey sex scene. Okay. Which is pretty Yeah, funny, I, pretty so... I finished the Olympian storyline, and now I'm... Uh, what's the other thing? Oh, I just finished reading... Um, the one single issue that I read uh, this last week was FF number one, which uh, Future yes. Foundation. Yes, I am. I am. Is that what the FF means? Though? Yeah, yes, I, okay. I kept on wanting to call it Fantastic Force. Yeah, I have not. Fantastic Force. <laughs> Fantastic Force. I have not been following Fantastic Four in the main universe. I picked up FF because uh, everyone said that the lead up to it was really good. I, I read. I read the Death of Human Torch issue, um, which was. Hmm. As a single issue by itself, made no fucking sense whatsoever. The underdeveloped um, character gets killed. Big surprise. Yeah. Hey. Uh, the two-dimensional guy, you know, whatever. Um, Fantastic or F- FF, uh, which they're leaving that way. So you, well, it could be First Family. It could be uh, Future Foundation. It could be Fantastic Four. When they eventually, as you know, they will uh, bring back Human Torch and turn it back into Fantastic Four. That's what, what? FF will stand for. Um, I thought I was underwhelmed 
by FF number one. I did not think it was very good. Um, I thought it was. I thought there was way too much for. And, and I'll bring this up because I've, I've mentioned this to several people and I've gotten several arguments uh, about it. But regardless of the fact that it's in a universe like the Marvel universe, it still says number one on the cover. And thus, if someone picks it up thinking that it's the first issue of a book, they Ew. should be able to read it and understand it and get it from the get-go. Right. And I Have did some not. some kind of context. And everything in the book is, uh, there's like five or six different plot threads all thrown together. There's way too many characters. There's way too much shit going on. And all of it is relying on previous, previous continuity yeah. uh, in order to understand it. And without that previous continuity... Uh, the vast majority of the stuff in that book doesn't make any sense. So you just don't. And, and what they try and like shoehorn exposition in there to, tr- to, to explain some of it. And it's not good. It's I just, awkward. it's just thrown on top. And then, and the worst for me, and I, this, this might just be me, but there is this, there's this part where there's a good chunk of the book where, what? I know exactly what you're going to say. There's a, there's a good chunk of the book that feels like Sue storm is hitting on Spider-Man. Like she's she's got this weird like flirty thing going on, and it's mostly the artwork's fault, but a little bit of the writing, and it's just like it's really uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, it's like everybody's in the midst of grief, and Reed Richards' wife is hitting on the new guy. Well, isn't it's that, it's just very, you know, it, and like I was saying, I was reading that the um, Millar run on Fant- or Fantastic Four, and it seems like there's always some kind of dynamic where Reed Richard and Sue Richards hate each other solve everything they're all they're all on the yeah they're all (laughs) on the outs they're always on the outs it seems like they're never like a loving family even though they had two kids they you know they have this big building everything's going for them but their relationship never works out every single fantastic four that i've read is like that yeah And that's what that's what was my problem with this. They're trying to pull too much shit together all at once. Like they've got Spider-Man coming into the team and they've got Thing dealing with Human Torch's death and they've got um uh Reed Richards' father uh has fought his way through time like, you know, like Captain America and Batman to apparently show back up and and is now like there's this weird dynamic between Reed Richards and his father and then out of fucking nowhere um Valerio walks back in the room and is like and the the dad the grandfather i guess is like reed you've got to you've got to listen to her you got to let her do this shit and she like leads them off um and introduces uh doctor doom apparently doctor doom comes in and has somehow convinced valeria to let to convince reed to let doctor doom work with the future foundation and it's just it's it's just dumb it's just it's just really dumb and i just don't like it complicated yeah it is it's it's silly it's overly silly and overly complicated and there's just too much shit going on and i've talked enough about it so let's uh let's move on can i can i plug one more web comic i'm reading absolutely um uh it's by doug tenapple who basically the story on him is he did earthworm jim he did the neverhood and skull monkeys and then he started doing graphic novels he wrote like 10 of them and then he started reading axe cop and was like web comics are awesome so he makes a web comic now it's called rat fist it's fucking hilarious rat fist ridiculous uh yes the superhero's name is rat fist he, he's a man <laughs> imbued with the powers of a rat but uh in his in his freak outedness about turning into a large human rat he chopped up his own tail which is sort of like a prop whip thing it it's it's sentient it's alive it the stump of the tail speaks and it says like all of his uh subconscious thoughts and 
ridiculous stuff that like i'm secretly ridiculous. attracted to my mother uh <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's hilarious and it is radfist.com that reminds um, me of uh scud the disposable assassin which in one of the story arcs he gets a replacement arm and the arm is sentient it's been borrowed from a werewolf and it's constantly telling scud like feed me or must kill <laughs> nice so on that note, I'm actually going to bring up one of our forum posts. Uh, uh, f- uh, one of our forum trollers, Snicker, uh, posted something for the for the show. Uh, it's actually a, a recommendation for a webcomic called The Gutters. Um, <clears throat> and the way he describes it, he, he says it's, uh, it's written by Ryan Somer. And uh, he previously did Least I Could Do and Looking for Group. I don't, LFG. I don't, yeah, I don't know either of those. Yeah. But... Um, the way he des- he describes it, he says, a full-page, full-color strip is a bitingly harsh look at the comic book industry from poor marketing decisions to serious what-the-fuck moments, but always peppered with enough funny to keep it refreshing and new. Too bad the people they're making fun of can't do the same. Uh, he said it started in ju- June of 2010, and it's up to 150, 115 episodes so far, each illustrated by a different artist and uh yeah. it's uh he's he's recommending says it's pretty cool so thank you snicker for the recommendation hopefully uh maybe i'll get a chance to look at it uh when i'm not doing website updates um snicker i also spend money on booze by the way <laughs> <laughs> so um andy you had a couple of, of news stories you wanted to bring up yeah first let's uh talk about um rob granito <laughs> This has been published all over the place, and he has now been banned from multiple, multiple conventions. He has been accused of plagiarizing other people's artwork and selling it as his own. Um, Other than that, he also claimed to work on a DC book with someone who does not exist. He has claimed claimed to... Who's IP freely? He also said he did a canceled postage stamp for the U.S. Postal Service. Um, but this guy's awesome. What really uh, triggered everything was that he claimed that he was good friends and working with Dwayne Duffy. Yeah. Who just passed away recently. Holy That's shit. He's got his own website. Yeah. No, RobGranito.com. Yeah. Uh, but this triggered Mark Wade to be incredibly displeased mark wade and i think this is like eric van leaf if that's the right person i don't know but you should definitely take a look at mark wade's twitter posts about this it's amazing they basically stormed his booth and got the guy to break down into tears at one of the cons wow um i've seen some photos i can't you know account for the validity of them but it's not looking so good for him so yeah um next up. that sucks like i that i mean knowing knowing artists and, and and knowing people who who are into that kind of thing it, like that's fucking ridiculous that anyone would even you know think yeah. it, especially when he's just flat out stealing someone else's art or supposedly allegedly stealing someone else's art you know that's yeah. uh if you guys want to look more just wiki or not wiki uh just google it's, uh, his last name is g r a n i t o He's um, got his own website, robgranito.com. Yeah. Uh, maybe I could uh, maybe I could go back and copy a bunch of Chris Claremont scripts and and, uh, hey, that's and an start selling oh. old comic book scripts. I, actually, I can already... I wrote some X-Men stuff. No, no, no. I actually uh, did happen to do some uh, Rob Liefeld drawings. Everyone has oh, got nice. these giant calves with pouches <laughs> all around. <laughs> Completely original. Uh, everybody's got a 10-pack. 
Like, and the thickest neck that ever necked a neck. So the, you only <laughs> read early stuff because, like, his, uh, toward the end of his, like, really high popularity, not only did his six-packs have six-packs, but they also had, <laughs> like, biceps and quads did and nipples. Did everybody's fists still look like a can of Coke? Like, um, <laughs> they were always, it's like, slightly, like, thumbless stumps. They, okay, <laughs> they, they evolved over, the like, the course of his career from cans of Coke to milk jugs. <laughs> There was right. some misshapenness. It wasn't totally cylindrical. Oh, but, God. Uh, God, I love his cover for New Mutants 98 because it's just everyone's got 34 packs. <laughs> uh, 30, 34 packs? That's amazing. Yeah. They, they've got a 32 okay. on their stomach, and then they've got one in each hand. I've got abs on my Adam's apple. <laughs> <laughs> my forehead is a six-pack. <laughs> they look like human centipedes. Oh, oh. Great still movie. Not, still have not seen that movie, and Great I don't movie. think I will. Um, next up, so Ed Brubaker just announced on his Twitter today that he's got a new criminal series coming out in July. Uh, it's called The Last of the Innocents. Um, criminal is a noir series that he does. It's, on. Yeah. Great. You need to explain, sir, because there are people like me who have I never read any criminal series. Um, so he's done, I think, five or six criminal series now. The first one's called Coward. The second one is called Lawless. Um, then he did Bad Night Out. Um, they all center around, is it Baltimore? Eh. The, uh, it's the same town, but it's through different periods in time. And there are characters who appear in later or series, and they're not in chronolo- chronological order. Um, really, really deep, dark writing. Uh, Brubaker's amazing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, the first series got an Eisner. It, it's just wonderful. Cool. Um other than that, uh, there's a true TV show coming out, which is kind of nice. It's going to be on Showtime. It's by the same people who did Walking Dead and have picked up the Powers uh, show. It's going to be a 30-minute comedy from what I've heard. I See, when I was looking at the articles that are on the web, they don't say comedy. They just say 30-minute cop show with a dark sense of humor. Yeah. So I, I don't know. that Maybe that means comedy, but black comedy doesn't really count. Dark comedy right? with dark. a plot? Does gallows humor yeah. count? Sort of, I guess. We can actually start talking about Chew now. I I just want to get people's initial... Like, after you finished the book, did you like it or not? Just simply yes or no. I liked it well enough to go pick up the second trade. It grew on me like a rash. I gotta say, I, I didn't like it at first. Like I the, agree. the first album, I didn't like, or the first, the first story arc or issue that you go through, I didn't like that. I, I thought it was horrible, and then I, it, it got good. The first issue, um, I didn't like. I, th- I thought there was. You're not prepared for the absurdity of it. <laughs> uh, exactly, yeah. And it, it goes, I mean, yes, to some degree, there's there. you kind of have to expect absurdity in a comic that's based around a cop who can glean a psychic impression from anything he eats, but... It's a um, Cebavore. Yeah, I know. It's a Cebapath. Cebapath, yeah. thank you very much. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Is Mason Savoy the Cebavore? No, they're all... No, they're all there's Cebapath. There's no Cebavore. There's a... Vore means... Eating the thing you eat. Sebavore so path means tr- psychic. Would translate into eating food. Yeah, food <laughs> he's a food eater. I am a sebavore. I'm a sebavore too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> uh, but um, 
I don't know. There, there, there were parts of that initial issue that, that like, I, I was okay when they introduced the concept that, that chicken has been banned. Um, 32 million killed in the U.S.? And then, but then, you see, in the first issue, they don't really get into that. They just say that it that something happened. There was a supposed bird flu. They banned chicken, and now it's an illegal substance. Um, and then they kind of, then they kind of, go off the deep end a little bit and Mason Savoy was the, the thing that that pushed it over the edge for me that that I initially did not like um he comes in as you know he's like fucking eight feet tall and he's this giant like Dom DeLuise um, yeah. he's like he's like Dom DeLuise with an overly um overly developed British vocabulary right. yeah. and I it was just it was it was just a, a bit too much especially at the end when they kind of like you know Tony has mowed down on a serial killer to get the identities of his victims and then uh in the process of you know at the end of the issue in the process of getting dressed down by his boss mason shows up and hires him into the fda and it, it's it's just this like ha kind of scene and it, it just i don't know something i didn't like about it now that being said once you're prepared for that and you continue into it it definitely grows on you yeah. and you you start Oh yeah. Um without giving any spoilers away, like the second arc is a, it's a, it's out there, but it's really good and it it the pace picks up and picks up and picks up. And by the time you get to about issue 15, which is the end of the third trade, there are a lot of things that sort of tie together. I don't think we warned people that we were going to be that this is spoilers <laughs> in this show. No, we, the first no, one, no, yeah. meaning, meaning that I just gave away a bunch of shit from the first issue. We, yeah. for anybody that's eh. listened this far, this is a spoiler-filled show. It's going to be. We should remember to disclaim that at the beginning of every episode. But, um, you know, though, honestly, I anyway. feel like if you hadn't read this and you hear our show and you hear all the spoilers and you don't want to either go read it if we liked it or go throw it across a room if we didn't, I. I I don't know. I think I would still want to read Sixth Gun after hearing the Sixth Gun show if I yeah, hadn't read sure. it. So, yeah. Um, two things about Mason. First off, I want to note that in the in the notes in the back of the trade, uh, he he's like a tubby bearded Raphael. Mason is the love child of Orson Welles and a grizzly bear. It says. Um, <laughs> yeah. I. Which one was the mother? Uh, I don't know. Probably. Wow. Orson Welles is so maternal. Um. Rosebud Frozen Peas. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's his middle name, actually. Mason Rosebud Frozen Peas. Uh, he actually reminded me of um, the character Fiddler's Green from Sandman, except a secret agent, who's based on the real-life author G.K. Chesterton, who would... This is like the super action G.K. Chesterton. So I don't know. Maybe just because I'd seen that archetype before I wasn't oh, really God. taken aback by it. Maybe I'm just an absurd person. Now I've got Orson Welles' commercial stuck in my head. <laughs> what is the one for the champagne? Oh, Jesus Christ, dude. You're really you're really reaching into the recesses yeah. for that one. That one's amazing. Wow. I don't, I'm sorry. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll always know Orson Welles as, as Unicron. Right? I was just thinking. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there is a winery that... <laughs> Um. <laughs> okay, so I, I just have to say this now. From the beginning, it says John, who's who's the uh, who's the writer, John Layman. Mm-hmm. He says to Kim, who surely expected my weird cannibals and bird flu idea to flop. 
And that's the first thing I read about the about this whole book. So I was like, oh God. This yeah. is gonna be about cannibals. Which whenever I get into like cannibalism or something like that, there's there's some things that I can't read. Cannibalism and like uh sex with Whatever siblings. Your personal kryptonite is like that that's that's it right there. So when I started when I started the book, I, I originally didn't like it. And then it just got more and more absurd with <laughs> chicken being <laughs> Outlawed and drug dealers are now chicken dealers. That's right. Yes. Yeah. They love the cut. <clears throat> and and you know there's a speakeasy for chicken, which is totally ridiculous. But that's why it's going to be half hour comedy run, exactly. run by the dregs of the KFC Corporation. E- exactly. Right? No, but here's the thing: is it that ridiculous if I, we just talked about Fantastic Four, where Reed Richards has his <laughs> father come back <laughs> through time and his grandfather? Uh, that, and, no, no, we, we talked about FF. F- oh, sorry. That's My no longer fantastic bars. But so <laughs> the group formerly known as and, and that's the thing is I put the the hackles were up initially because it was you know illegal chicken, which food being illegal, which kind of ridiculous, and the FDA is this super military police force. Uh, then I realized that I I read X Men where you know, have Wolverine who can't be killed and has metal laced into his bones and claws, and that's like okay, I need to relax a little Actually bit about not this. Not that absurd. It, yeah, and yeah. when I actually... It's just a different kind of absurd. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a different type. Of, and once I realized that and sat in for the ride, it was pretty good because some of the stuff is pretty ridiculous and it is also pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, when Savoy bashes through the, the window to save Chu and has knives in his hands... It's size. 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 Yeah. Oh, size. Are they size? Right? Yeah. They're yeah. so fucking size. I thought they were, I thought they were just... No, I think I think they just that's have a, really big. That's a sigh. Okay, you guys. <laughs> that was a Ninja Turtle star. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> waving their fists. Henceforth, the Raphael and Bear. Right. Okay, no, I get it now. All right. Well, yeah, that's the guys. Yeah, but you know, and that's the thing is, once I once I realized that and sat in for the ride, it actually was pretty good. Now, the one thing I say is that the writing is not too consistent because Savoy yes. does start out with really over the top florid English that he's just using all these he's these grandiloquent multi- oh, <laughs> exactly whatever that means I've never even it heard that word what it my entire like. life <laughs> talk real fancy scrumtralescent <laughs> exactly. perfectly cromulent word and for some reason he, he tends to drop it about the third or the fourth issue where it just got a little too cumbersome for the writer I think but um but that's I think that was just pretty much setting up the whole like character himself, which is fine. Yeah, the, there was there was a point in the uh, after the first issue closed out where um the first time you see Savoy in in all of his pot-bellied Connery beard fucking <laughs> monocle, monocle robot wielding monocle. glory um bust into a room and start flinging shuriken and size you're just like okay so like, okay i get it now you know you're just like all right, all right. um so and, and it's it it's a level of absurdity that you you eventually just you accept and you you start taking the comedy of it right i, I was just gonna say and they embrace it as the series goes on mm-hmm. without giving away any spoilers the cover for issue 15 is wonderful <laughs> it's set up as the last supper with tony yes. chu as christ and then all the side characters actually are going down the table picture, that's awesome. it's yeah. so good 
Yeah, I mean, there are things that I there are things that I definitely like. I can accept the absurdity and I can just go with it, right? There, there have been movies like that in my uh, like one of my favorite movies that everyone else hated was A Knight's Tale, and that movie, that's absurdity. Like it's absurdity from yeah. the start. People people expected something way different out of that movie. The moment you see Heath Ledger, I know. He's uh, no, see, <laughs> so dreamy. Uh, I could just fall asleep in his eyes forever. <laughs> the mo- I love that minute. I'm the Isn't last that one to did? say anything about Heath Ledger. No, he falls. Oh. He fell asleep into a bottle of pills yeah, forever. Sure. Um, the no, the reason I was going to say that for that movie is that I why do so not serious. I do not understand why hey. anybody who watched that movie originally got pissy about um, things like the rock and roll music when at the very start of the movie you have people in a goddamn medieval arena stomping out to fucking We Will Rock You. Mm. And it, like at that point you're like, I get it now. It's the same thing as, you know, it's <laughs> that's that, authentically it's, medieval. Exactly. That's that's the, it's the same thing as Savoy busting through the room and firing shuriken at stuff. You're like, okay. Yeah. You know, it was the same thing like the, the one movie, The Big Hit. Do you remember The Big Hit? Oh, yeah. That's great. It's a great movie and it is so fucking out, outlandishly absurd. Like an entire action scene based around returning a videotape. Nice. Okay. I mean, it's... It, so and or this that's kind of what I've got. Hot fuzz. Uh, hot fuzz was a little Drop more purposeful. Your grandma in the face. I don't. Know. Yeah. I thought this was fairly purposeful. Yeah, but. and um, it just in a different way. And that's mm-hmm. and that's that's what it took for me to get into this book was to be like, okay, I, I've got the absurdity, and now I can get into the characters. You know, yeah. especially Tony, and uh, and the the boss, the asshole boss. Um, yeah. Tony is so yeah. straight laced. Um, yeah. He does sort of break out of that shell as the series goes on. But Mason Savoy really gets developed just there are, thoroughly. There yeah. are parts of this yeah, first story arc that I have a problem with, although I, I believe them to be set up for future stuff. Yeah. Like the entire issue based around the um, the uh, telescope in the Russian wilderness that huh. everybody gets assassinated the day mm-hmm. before the planet they're um, observing blows up yeah. for whatever reason. I But... That to me, I okay. I, I agree that it's setting up something else, but it felt too. Um, it felt really out of place, to be honest. It was like you had this five issue arc, and one that one issue felt like it was totally torn out of that story arc, and just like, uh, we don't know what we're setting up here, so let's you know throw something in and then worry about it later. Oh, I loved um, it. I I loved it. Just the the scene of chapter 4 when you flip the page <laughs> and there's all this mayhem and death. Yeah. Chickens and llamas. like what the hell just happened? What what yeah. I mean yeah, there's a chicken gnawing on a finger, a big hole and and you don't know where it is. And and then they go through explaining, you know, what happened in that and how it's it like got an, to this point. It's like an episode of Alias, right? Or no, Lost. No Jennifer Garner. Wow. I never I, watched it. I never watched Lost. <laughs> I did see the summary version on Post-it Notes on the internet, so now I don't have to watch Lost. <laughs> um, I, Six years of my life. <laughs> I liked uh, how find they... find out that they were in purgatory? Shut up. Yeah. Shh. Spoilers. <laughs> um, they, I feel like they use that same structure that you were talking about, Joel, in a lot of almost every issue really which i thought worked out well for them like i i was hooked after the first issue because i really liked how they did the prologue yeah, the and then they're page. like random some dude's making soup and he cut himself how is, does this function yeah oh wait i totally get it so they they definitely do a lot of i don't know I, well I should know what it's called but the thing where you show the end and then you 
tell us how you got there. Pulp Fiction. It's right. the thing where you what show the end and then tell us how you got there. Yeah. Wacky. So yeah. right. I, I love. I love that. I, I, I know there's probably a saying for that formula for writing. Yeah, yeah. But I love forward. it. But I, I, I do have to say. Now you were saying about ex- that show got canceled. Extravagant yes. exposition. When they when they go through the prologue and then it comes it starts as like you meet Tony Chu and then it goes through this is his ability and whatnot and when they did that again I was like oh god they're gonna do this every single issue explain who Tony Chu is I mean and I can understand why they have to do that and they do they do it for the first two yeah on the first two but then they use that again for other characters but kind of played on that Mm -hmm. which was kind of good so I think maybe the first issue why I didn't like it is because it was so structured. You know, they were trying to set everything up and I I thought it was going to be kind of serious because I thought it was going to be kind of like powers. You know, it was about it was about some cops that were trying to solve mysteries. And maybe I'm just reading too many noir and and cop mystery books that uh, I thought that's how it was going to be. And then all of a sudden they're coming out and they come out with chicken wings. I was like, what the fuck? What? Why chicken wings? And then the next one, he's like, "Oh, he's got un- you know this guy's got uncooked stuff." So I thought he was. They were talking about heroin, you know. He had a whole bag of heroin. I was like, "Okay, I get it. They're with the DA. They're vice, you know." And when it, yeah, and when it turns out that there it was chicken, I was like, "Oh, what the." A whole bunch of what the fuck moments. Street okay. dealers with eggs in their pockets. Yeah, right. Exactly. And, and but you know maybe that was what it was. I wasn't expecting it. I was expecting something else, and it did. It nice curveball on me. It just fell right off the table. Yeah. I I um I also liked you know you you mentioned that they're making a TV show and they and you're you everybody is kind of like Ugh, comedy, but I I. I kind of see it, and and the issue that I've got this open to is the reason why, because there's an issue where they introduce a character named Amelia Mintz, who is a, as they describe her, a Sabo Scrivener, um, someone who can write so vividly that, what? That was the part where, like, I, I dropped out of the um, willing suspension of disbelief really? a little bit, because I'm like, unless you can tell me what those words are and make me projectile vomit and or think things are delicious... It's a different world. Yeah. It's a world where someone can eat something and get a psychic impression off exactly. of it. Come I on. don't know. Maybe it's just because I write. I like. I couldn't. You're just where, making where up words. Where there's yakuza sushi ninjas. Yeah. yeah. Right. Really. Yeah. Well, that, you, you mean mm. you mean you hadn't been drawn into the absurdity of it by this? No, point? I definitely had. I don't know. I think that just that just kicked it out because I can see some of this. You know, I can see uh, sebopathy, yeah. but not necessarily that. But then I went. Eh. I don't know. But maybe th- that's, so anyway, that's so funny. There's there's definitely things that we all don't like, but they're all different. It was yeah. like there's not unanimous, you know. So I love it all. I know, but Andy, you love everything. It's kind of funny. There, except Neil Gaiman. Yeah, <laughs> sunshine <laughs> and moonbeams. Yeah. Oh God. I just, ugh. <laughs> Sorry, I just I, I had this. Paul like, oh. That's the name of the 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 winery that is in the Orson Welles commercial. Well done, sir. <laughs> wow, impressive. So back to my point. Uh, Indeed, they introduce this character, and, and all in one comic book, they do a couple of things that that bother me. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm sorry. And, <laughs> Andy's cracking me up. <laughs> wow. 
Um, it was rattling around in my brain. I'm sorry. It's like, no, no, no. Yeah. And the two brain cells touched. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Idea. Um, okay, go on. But anyway. I completely forgot what Things you don't like in this issue. Okay. I, I don't mind Amelia Mintz. That's not the part that bothers me. Um, the the what I was the first point I was going to make was that I can see it being a comedy when they've got then this entire issue is a punchline. Yes. Um. They start the issue with him sitting next to what you think is is his partner's bed, telling the story about this woman who he's fallen head over heels in love with at first sight, yeah. and partially because you find out that her ability to write something and make people believe, you know, make people feel and taste whatever she's writing about allows him to taste food what, that he's not allowed to yeah, eat. Yeah, as opposed to beets. As opposed to beets. Yeah. Oh, we never mentioned that, did we? The fact that beets are... <laughs> yeah, I was just saying, like, there's the beets. I was going to go with the uh, the food we had beforehand, which I thought was uh, incredibly appropriate. <laughs> yes. There was the beet salad, and, well, you guys had chicken. I had fake chicken. Yeah. Chick- uh, mm-hmm. Both of which were very appropriate. Yeah. yeah. Fake mm-hmm. chicken. You guys don't know, but I threw a finger in that chicken. Hey, awesome. I couldn't taste it. I don't know. Whatever. It just blended. You're, you were cutting the fake chicken with, with human meat. So, um, it's a hobby of mine. the The second part that bothered me about this issue, and this is where it kind of hit the over the top part, was sometimes the gross out humor gets a little <laughs> too much in this book. And it starts for me in the very first issue when they're getting coffee and they show the guy spitting into the coffee, and it's of course like this overly ridiculous like you guys got a cup of coffee and he's got this long fucking loogie hanging yeah. out of his mouth hey, over the cup hello, loogie. and then in the in the second uh issue they go to the fast food joint and they have this an entire page of a guy pulling a booger out of his nose to wipe on someone's <laughs> burger That's surprise and, there's a finger <laughs> and and then he opens up a burger and there's a finger which which i have they don't fucking explain like they explain why the finger is there they don't explain how the finger got there at all like the mystery of fast food so first of all how how the fuck does this woman walk back up and say there's no there's cheese on my burger and then he opens it up and there's a fucking finger inside and nobody you know she didn't notice how the fuck did it get there finger cheese i don't open my burgers finger food that's just (laughs) (laughs) this uh that was that was a little problematic. So, so no, uh, if you look at it though, the, she it's not the same burger. Okay, she brings back a cheeseburger, and he goes to get a new hamburger for her, and it has okay, fair finger burger. Point, point, point disproved. Um, but this this particular issue is the one where, like, I don't mind the stuff at the beginning where people are vomiting because she's writing stuff that's so disgusting that makes it's making the entire city vomit. The scene where. He's in the gunfight and the puke is hitting him in the side of the head. That's much. <laughs> that's too it. much. Uh, there's chunks in it, and that's the best part. I, yeah, I know. I thought that was great. I, there's chunks in what? The, the, when I saw this little Pretty chunk well. in there, I thought it was a cigarette butt the first time I saw it. I'm like, oh, awesome. There, there's um, a cigarette butt right there. Oh, yeah. great. <laughs> I, it's just, I, I understand <laughs> that that's part of the point of the story, that it's, it's all food based. So, you know, they've got the gross side of it as oh, well. Yeah. But. Sometimes it, it just, you know, it hits it hits a little too deep for me. Now, there's something I got to say that there's something disturbing it, and disturbs people about food. Like, have you seen Drag Me to Hell? Yes. Have you guys? Okay. No. Did, did, was that movie disturbing for you? Yes. Okay, because that was all about stuff going into your mouth. Yeah. A lot, a lot like this. This is all stuff going in and out of. But for some people, that's like a really thing, a, a really big thing that just creeps them out. Mm-hmm. You know, like. 
like other things like people are scared of spiders or cats or something like that when this is all about food so as you're going through this he does he eats a whole bunch of gross stuff and it's he's told hey this is our obligation that this is you're given a gift and you have to you have to use it. Apparently, you have to, like, you have to use it to dog. eat dead <laughs> yeah. dogs yeah. and uh, decomposing <laughs> fingers. But, yeah. you know. You know, but, okay, this goes the whole Chiba Path thing. So, okay, so the guy can read whatever thing was eaten or whatever. Doesn't that mean that if he sticks anything in his mouth, like a, a pencil, a piece of paper, spit wads, he's going to get everything from that? Mm-hmm. Not except just for beets. Good point. I- except for beets. Yeah, so there's... there's drink? Excuse. It, where Why he, wouldn't water give him the same thing? Exactly, it's something he digests and it has a history. Uh-huh. Like, wouldn't Anything he? Wouldn't he be able to follow that water that those water molecules all the way through a treatment plant? You know, from a cloud to the ground maybe to the treatment plant. plant to yeah, basically, it's like he can see the origins of the earth it by drinking like a glass of water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, the creationists and right. everything that it. <laughs> died in that or whatever you know uh, treatment facility it went through and where that came from but you know that's, <laughs> that's a whole nother story that that was the one thing where i it was one of those moments where i was like oh well you know but, this is not really well defined and and i started having issues and going down a, a bad road to a dark place and i was like okay stop, <laughs> stop, stop. analyzing uh-huh. yes that was like Rewind. me in the writing thing. I'm yeah, like, okay, just, exactly. And then I, then I You've saw... You've been down that path. Then I you saw, know where it leads. <laughs> bad things. <laughs> I promised I would never do it again. <laughs> but then I saw a llama with a bullet hole in its head. And everything was okay. <laughs> it's it's, it's okay. Yeah. I, exactly. yeah. I mean, I think the rules of the world are don't make sense, but they're consistent. That's fair. This is true. And that's the thing that I... Um, that's where I was leading with all this, is these are problems that I have with the book, but they are so... Overall, they're so minor they're that I can overlook them, right? Um, I, I, I finally, I, you know, you get used to the gross-out humor after a while, and then it, it's so absurd that you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, There's some good moments. And see, that's the funny trait. thing is yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's gross-out humor. I, uh, I, I mean, there's there's a lot of read on snot ball on the reader. finger, and that's not gross that out humor. Happens every day, though, you know. People but I don't spend, see it exactly. That's a, <laughs> I, I know exactly where Joel's line is. Crossed, oh, yeah. Crossed is the line for well, you. Don't don't get me started on because that has a whole thing of you know siblings doing stuff together and you know, <laughs> just bad news. Go wow wow. No, that was a uh, bad news. Family Qu- values? No, no, no. Okay. Uh, Queen Country. <clears throat> what? Hmm? Or not, um, left, left field. No, the sibling stuff. That wasn't the original cross. That was the family value. Yeah. Well, you don't remember that time. Where that was awesome. <laughs> wasn't it? That was great. Oh, God. And, you know, this is... Okay. Side note. This is... I never side knew. note to the side note. Side what note are we to doing? the side note. What Another are we doing footnote. now? A footnote to the footnote. <laughs> I never knew about the whole donut Oreo cookie whatever thing. This is some stuff that I was never. Ookie I never cookie. knew. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no. Have you, you guys never the heard this? Game? Okay. Yeah. You've never heard the Cracker Game. Let's <laughs> oh please describe for Thank our you. gentle readers. Okay. Viewers. So apparently, readers. so much for the show being classier. Oh, oh. no, no, this is going to go downhill. So he, <laughs> and he started it. Okay, Andy, here are the source of these all are, this. These vile. are things that I learned from comic books. Okay, so apparently, <laughs> when guys when guys have a circle jerk, you guys are like familiar you do. with it, like you do, sure. you know, every Thursday. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> you, there's there's a food item that's usually in the middle, and the last guy to come has to eat it. Oh, right. I I believe I've heard this described, although not so eloquently. Okay. There, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Or, or, Can we move on? Mm. Well, how did but, we get on the... Oh, gross out humor. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> yeah, and crossed. And See, and this sort of thing is no. why I have an issue with Borders' placement of the comics and graphic novel section. Uh-oh. Because they treat everything like it's made for kids? Yes. It used and to be can... in a, sp- a spot that made sense downstairs mm. next to the genre fiction, but now it's upstairs in between children's and young adults. Which yeah. borders are you talking about? Uh, the one in Redmond. The one that closed? Oh, okay. It will. Yeah, it will. Did you pick up Can cherry shortcake and not strawberry shortcake? <laughs> oh, that's an entirely different story. It's a common mistake. <laughs> right? You know? oh. So... Anyway, so, so anyway. if you're grossed out by projectile vomiting or yeah. human or snots, remains or cannibalism. feces. Yeah. Just people messing with your food and all the gross stuff that goes on with your grossness in food. I mean, honestly, you, you do you have to wonder why salmonella is in your spinach? <laughs> yeah. You, you, <laughs> right? There's things that you just don't want to know about your food preparation. You just Ignorance don't. is bliss, people. Thank yeah. you. Yes. Yes, um, I I can get past all of that though. That's one of the things that I'm trying to get to is that the writing is funny. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's dark at times. It's gross, yeah. but the absurdity of all of it and the and the way that he portrays the characters makes it interesting yeah. and m- makes me continue reading. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm I am definitely looking forward to how to where uh, where it's going uh, so that I can. What when you read the second trade, you'll immediately be there. able to recognize the character that I also had a little willing suspension of disbelief de suspension on. Okay. Um it's I you know what? I somewhere way back earlier in this show I had a fucking point. I had things that I really wanted to talk about and I'm totally I've I've lost it all. Like every yeah, Joel and Andy right. have managed to uh, yes. have managed to derail all of the Luke train. Seriously. I'll talk about things. Hey, so can uh, I say one thing? People throw up. I'm, I'm not a big art guy. Shit okay, when I read comic books, sexy fire. I, same topic I was okay. going for. So, yeah, yeah, when I read comic books, I read for the stories and and if the art is good enough that I can understand what's going on, it's good enough for me. You know, I'm all about this story and the exposition and the character development and, you know, brooding people. But I really like the art in this because yes. it was something completely different and refreshing. And it was it's it's not something that I've seen before. I think it, it looks a little bit like Gabriel Boss. It reminds uh, me. OK, see, I haven't read Umbrella I, Academy. OK, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, but but he's got a lot finer lines. It's finer lines and different. He, do, he uses a lot of different perspectives. Got a little bit like of weird forty-five degree angle shots, mm-hmm. and got a little bit of old Larry Stroman in there too. Mm. Yeah, and I don't know if you remember. Larry I don't know Stroman what the stuff. I don't know what the deal is, but with black eyeballs, I've never seen that before. But it's yeah. It's occasionally, great. it shows up like yeah. people mm-hmm. looking when surprised horrified and or something. horrified, and they're yeah, just I, black dots no, for eyeballs. I, I really, I really like the art. It's, it's stylistic, but you can still understand it and follow it and whatnot. It helps. The scene where he first <sighs> tastes the chicken soup is friggin' amazing panel design. I just have to say. Yeah, he's got the kind of disgusted look on his face, and, and it's like all tons of. And there's a a, a a grid of imagery in the background. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's it's redone in the second arc as well. Yes. Yeah. And it's brilliant, but it's a really effective way of like showing you with your Sensory eyes how he's tasting. Yeah, so that is that's his chivo sense tingling. 
Is that is Ooh. that what that is? Basically, yeah. Yeah. I think I think the art helps with the I guess you call it the suspension of disbelief. It helps with the acceptance of the absurdity. It's cartoony because it's yeah. cartoony enough that it helps you go you don't you're if it were more realistic art or would um, it wouldn't work. Um, if it were something like like even not realistic but a different style of cartoony like if it were if it were Brian Hurt's style of artwork I don't think it would work because no. it would just no. wouldn't portray that absurdity well enough. Um, so you know you kind of like you said you define the rules of the world and they are they are absurd but they are consistent and the same is true of all the character designs the Why character designs are fucking absurd but at mm-hmm. least they're cons- <laughs> consist- consistent. I love know? the side stuff like the dead llama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What. How the, what? Why would you execute a llama yeah. gangland Why style? Why would you? <laughs> the question. Yeah. I mean, when they get to that observatory in the first place, they, just things go weird. <laughs> I, love, <laughs> they, I love the bar that says Club Cirrhosis. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's so good. And the, and the scientist who shows up and he has bear, he has bear something. I don't, I don't know his whole motif he's going for there, but it's definitely weird. Yeah. And I, Russian chicks in bras yes. in the right. middle of the Arctic. I'm I'm, I, I'm really impressed and happy with some of the things that that fifth issue actually introduced quite a few things that um, I really liked that kind of added some depth to the world to me. The first being when they go to the morgue to uh, to look at one of the bodies and the coroner um, hands them an urn full of ashes for the body she's already. Cremated. Uh, cremated because and this is kind of a serious moment where she you know she knows what they do she knows that they're going to come in they're going to fucking start eating parts of it to get the and she is so against it that she's like fuck you guys i cremated the body already and here's what you can have oh. um and Savoy's response to that is <laughs> awesome. To dump yeah. the ashes into the fan and coat everybody yeah and that exactly. was the second part where i was going to go was like the the concept that they get the ashes and they they eat the ashes so and they funny. can still get imagery from it but it's all like in fire right mm-hmm. like it, the, little things like that yeah. little it's just little ideas that flesh the world out in a way that makes it so interesting to to try and figure out what the fuck they're going to do next yeah. okay hold up for one. that one page though that has the five panels where the ashes get dumped mm-hmm. is brilliant yeah, yeah it's pretty awesome it really is that's what i'm saying the, the, the art artist serves. yes good it does. day to you madam <laughs> icicles off the bottom of the cartoon bubble uh-huh. i think he sounds Goodness. a lot uh in my mind uh mason savoy <laughs> sounds a lot like sean connery yes absolutely <laughs> preposterous <laughs> not a got what, what was the game I, oh, uh, Harry Henry Hatsworth. Henry Hatsworth. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. By the time I got to the end of this first arc, I was I was happy with the book, and I was I was really I was really impressed with their ability to take something that some parts that I really didn't enjoy to start, and now I'm now I'm on board, you know, and I and I get it. So, um, and I, I'm waiting. I, I'm about to start reading the second arc and I'm it's going to be very very cool. Third to last page where the uh, the Russian girl in the bikini in the middle of the arctic <laughs> is freezing her ass off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's not going to survive out there very long. Yeah. Great. I so here's the point where I'm going to get to which is is where I'm going to delve 
very very slightly and briefly into the next story arc. Um, so if you haven't, if you if you have read the first trade in preparation for listening to this show and have not read the second one, I would suggest I don't know skip ahead five minutes or so because I'm going to talk about something that bothers me. And admittedly, it's on the first two pages of the second story arc. They reveal that uh, they reveal that his old partner is is alive again. Um, what's his name? Colby. Cor- Corbin. Corbin, I think. Kevin Sorbo. Corbin Dallas. Lilo <laughs> uh, Dallas. Cyber Sorbo. So, um, it's admittedly it's in the first two pages of that sixth issue, right? Where they show the guy and they're like, okay, he's back and he's got a cyborg face where the where the Hatchet. cleaver hit him. The thing that bothers me is that the trade, the individual issue, and the goddamn omnivore edition show him with the fucking on the cover mm. with the cyborg yeah. face before you ever read the first story arc. Spoilers much. And that that is terrible because um and if you have not read the first story arc, it's not on the it's not on the it's first trade. Yeah. But it is on the uh it's on the cover of the second trade. It's on the cover which, you know, maybe that that's not so bad. I do have a problem with it being on the cover of the Omnivore, Omnivore edition because the Omnivore edition includes that first story arc, yeah. and it's a it's a pretty big spoiler. The, like the the reintroduction of that character to me was was kind of a an awesome moment, right? It's like, oh my god, he's still alive. That's really cool, uh, and all the surprise was gone because um, it's not only on this cover; it's also on the cover of the individual issue that they they when when you open up the book and they show the cover to the, what it was the individual issue. It's it's the two of them sitting on either side of a table with this thing in the middle, and it's like, so you've told me exactly what you're about to do. Mm-hmm. But that, yeah. that's a thing that bothers me. Uh, I it's just it's my own personal mm. stupid bias, but it's just bothers bothers me with the design. Leave it for the next issue, right? Just. Allow me that brief moment of surprise. Okay, I don't think this will be a spoiler for anyone, but I'll give it a pause so you can cut. They also on the back have D Bear and Poyo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I like D Bear though. D Bear is a cool character. <laughs> I uh, D Bear was the guy from the Speakeasy, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. He was just a small bit character. Some two dime chump. Doom, 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 doom. Although I, I give the series credit for <laughs> okay. their two dime chumps being like interesting enough to be mentioned, yeah. in a casual discussion, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, and, you know that that brings it up. So the the big baddie that put the five million dollar bounty on on Chew, what's the deal with the fucking frogs? We don't know yet. You, you, dun, dun, dun. you don't. I haven't. Know I haven't read that far about frogs. because I know it tastes like chicken. Is that what chicken with a Y is? Mm, I don't know. Maybe so many questions. So many questions. So few answers. Yeah, uh, a little too, a little too. Aside from nitpicky complaints and stupid, you know, little little bullshit things that because I, I I can find ways to nitpick just about anything that's put in front of me. Um, I really really like this book, and I would suggest anyone buy it. I mean, straight off the bat. I thought it was fun. It's yeah. it is really it is, it is really fun. Give it a chance. So am I two it, for two? So oh, far, God. yeah. Mm-hmm. What are you? You're keeping a scoreboard on Fuck this. yeah. Notches on your little bedpost, huh? Uh, I'm good comic Joel. book picker. See, it's the I, only I had you at my bedpost yeah, okay. a long time ago, buddy. All right. <laughs> okay. Oh. 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 Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Oh. It's, it's mutual. Um. Huh. But you keep coming back for more. I'm oh. taking it stride. Oh. Oh. Wow. <laughs> I, wouldn't have, so. I wouldn't have used a phrase <laughs> involved. I'm taking it. 
In stride. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, go go buy it. It's uh, it's I, only ten bucks. I, I think we've maybe exhausted our discussion of this. I mean, because I all, all actual rational discourse went out the window about halfway through our, our talk, and my brain just is sitting somewhere under my table right now. You started so, talking about projectile vomiting, and it just yeah. went down from there. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> okay. So, um, first one's taster choice. Second one's international flavor. Yep. Third one's flambe. That's thirty dollars there for those three, uh, and that's something I was going to bring up. So the the it's available three ways. This is the first time we get to say three three things. Mm-hmm. You can do individual issues, which are four bucks a pop, as usual. Everything with image, right? What? Well, you are some of them three. No, none of them are three. Uh, number one, if you find like a fourth or fifth printing, that's what I was going to yeah, say. There, they were they were four bucks cover. Yeah, is what I should say. Mm-hmm. Um. The first trade, this first soft cover trade is an amazing fucking screaming deal. Actually, all the soft cover trades are screaming deals at 10 bucks a pop for five issues. That is spectacular. I think the second one's like 12 or something for Even so. six issues or something like that. Yeah. But still, they're, they're dirt cheap. It's, it's effectively... $2 an issue. I was going to say, it, it rounds out to two bucks yeah. every, every individual issue. Um, the Omnivore edition is the first hardcover, which uh, covers the first two story arcs. So it's issues one through 10 of the comic book. It's 35 bucks and... And it is one of the prettiest uh, trade paper or hardcover trades I've ever seen. Um, it's I com- I compared this to Andy. I told him that the comparing the soft cover trade to the Omnivore edition is like the difference between SD and HD. Like for some reason the the artwork it's slightly larger pages. The artwork looks good. The colors, colors are more are vibrant. Uh, the print quality is is better overall. But um, that being said, it's thirty four ninety nine for the for the omnivore edition as opposed to ten bucks a trade for the standard for the standard soft cover trade. So it's it's the trade off you want to whichever you want to go with. Um, but yeah, um, don't my, bother getting into singles. It's you cannot find issue. Well, if you if you're okay with like fifth printings or whatever, you can find it for five or ten bucks. But first printings, just forget about it. Yeah, it's, it's just sold out day one. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. First uh, edition, first printing, 60 bucks. Wow. What? It's been a long time since I've seen comic books go skyrocket like that. Kick-ass. Yeah. No, I yeah. believe it. Do Do you have to bring up Malar? Seriously? Every episode. <sighs> really? Remember the days when the first appearance of characters in like Marvel books were the were the big deal? Like it's like first appearance of cable eighty five dollars. Deadpool's still about a hundred bucks, but he's hot right now. Yeah, and that's what happens; they fluctuate. But go buy Chew; it's awesome, especially if you want something that's not superheroes. It's not. It's not. It's just off the wall. It's ridiculous fun. cop show. It's yeah. really, really well written. Uh, the illustration is fun. Um, there's, uh, you know, I've got my nitpicks, and you can you can figure those out. But but go buy it if you don't own it. Go buy it. Don't mess with Luke's food. That's that's all yeah. I can say. Please, yeah. Just don't pick your nose in front of me. That's all I want. Like, <laughs> so what are we doing for the next episode? We're doing. Are, are we going to do lock and key? Sure. Yay. Cool. Uh, love it. The first lock and key trade. Have you guys any anybody else read it other than me? So, yeah, this is the first one. Yeah, and he's I, 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 yeah, I've read it. Yeah, you're an automatic inclusion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This count. is this is one that I've actually read before everybody else. 
I think. Wow. Mm, no, maybe. No. no. I think I recommended it to you. No, you didn't. Because I recommended it to Seth. Uh-uh. Well, yeah, the world Seth might have, but he, he wasn't into the kind of Lovecraftian <coughs> kind of stuff anyway. He's yeah. all spandex. Lock and anyway. key. <laughs> Kind of a welcome to Lovecraft. Well, yeah, it's called Welcome to Lovecraft. Kind of a Cthulian horror. Oh, um, yeah. Well, very well done about a house uh, with many, many doors, and each yeah. each uh, there's a se- series of keys that all when you open a door with the key, it, it does something. Stephen King's kid. little kid, yeah. yeah. And I guess he's actually pretty cool. So, so um, that'll be in two weeks. We will do we will do Lock and Key. Uh, what are we doing after that? By the way. Uh, unwritten, the first trade of that. First trade of unwritten for the next show, Joel. What? Oh, I have to decide now. It's a toss-up. No, you had to decide like a week ago when I suggested that what? you come up with a suggestion. It was this week. I got the. <laughs> oh, that was last week. Huh? Yeah. Okay, so so time. I've been passes. thinking that we are going to do Archie. When, when Archie meets actually, a puncher? When he actually no marries when he gets married, you know, and they consummate that kind of stuff. No, honestly, it's a uh, last days of American crime or Desolation Jones. I don't know. Rick, Rick Remender or Warren Ellis. Ooh. Yeah, I know. What, what? So you're you're still up in the air on that? I I don't know which one. Okay, then you want by, me to decide right now? But no, you got till the next show, and then on the next show we'll decide. What? The reason for that? Sure. Is, yeah, so other people can read it. So other people can read it in advance. Oh. That's what we're trying to, we're trying to make coming, these decisions. I'm coming from the position that I think you guys have already read everything. Uh, okay. No. No. No? That's, that's a complete lie. Oh. I've never read either of the I two that you mentioned. I haven't oh, really read really? superhero comics. Wow. And I'm sure listeners have not read everything that we're going to do Actually, neither of those are superhero comics. They're not okay. superhero comics See, at all. Or those it's comics. It's very noir, classic noir. Yeah. I, I'm not going to give any weight to ending, but people die in it. And by the way, and it's good stuff. It doesn't have to... It's not like if we pick one for that show, we're never going to do the okay. other one. So... I will say right now, let's do Last Days of American Crime because okay. I have a little guy crush on Remender. The guy's, <laughs> the guy's awesome. Okay. Um, yeah, that's what. So, write it down right there in stone. Awesome. He is a wonderful and insane human being. Yes, he is. Next show, we're going to do Lock and Key. The show after that, we're going to do Unwritten. And the show after that, we're going to do The Last Days of American Crime. Uh, did anybody else have anything they wanted to touch on before we wrapped up the show? Amazing, fantastic, amazing, fantastic, amazing, fantastic. You couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow! Well, well done, you sir. Just, you he just destroyed to... somebody's gallbladder right there. <laughs> That's the entire <laughs> point. Just exploded. So, er, uh, pretty early on uh, in the show, um, we're talking about Fantastic Four, and I text on my phone to Luke. I'm like, you know, it's really going to be hard for me to uh, mention, you know, or to talk about stuff without using the words fantastic or amazing when we're discussing the Fantastic Four right now. And one of the books that I am reading is Amazing Spider-Man. That right? comes out this <laughs> week. Stop. Damn. Please stop. The lives you will save. Just stop. Um, so on the note of books that I'm reading this week, Amazing Spider-Man 657, which is, I guess, the conclusion of Big. I thought it was a couple weeks ago. It's bi-weekly right now. Uh, Incognito, Bad Influences, which is Ed Brubaker. It's the sequel to the original Incognito. Kick-Ass number two, number two. Uh, Incorruptible number 16, which is the accompanying piece to Irredeemable. Age of X Universe number one, which is an interesting story, kind of. And then Butcher Baker, Righteous Maker, which is by the creator of Ben 10. Huh. Huh. It is the exact opposite of Jonan Vasquez's tale from Johnny the Homicidal Maniac to Invader Zim. 
where you had someone <laughs> who did a terrible, brutally violent comic who then made a kid's show on Nickelodeon. Now you've got someone who makes a successful kid's show on Nickelodeon making a terrible, brutally violent comic. <laughs> Excellent. Cool. That's all I got. All right. Uh, if you want to follow us, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, the main Twitter feed is at Trade Secrets Pod. Uh, Andy's is at Mathtastrophy. It's spelled M-A-T-H-T-A-S-T-R-O-P-H-Y. Uh, I am at Geek Elite. Uh, it's Geek Elite. I'm not going to spell it. Uh, Anne is at Anne Bean Tweets. If you can't figure out how to spell that, you probably shouldn't be signing up for Twitter anyway. Um, I have Joel e is, still hasn't name. signed up for a Twitter account, so uh, we will wait for that to happen. So you guys are actually going to make me start with the Twitters. I, I think you should take Fantastic Amazing Fantastic as your Twitter thing. <laughs> with, right. with my Twitter? <laughs> your Twitter Twitter? With my Twitter. T- do, I, do I have to pick <laughs> a bird? I'm, I'm familiar with... I'm so old. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Joel Simon. I don't get what's going on with your, your Facebook and your tweets and your twats. <laughs> I sound like that. funny papers. <laughs> It was called Detective Comics in my day. <laughs> it was two digits. <laughs> and we dog. liked it. Uh, you can follow us on, uh, like us on Facebook. We uh, finally got 25 fans and got our uh, our unique URL. So you can find us on Facebook.com slash Trade Secrets Podcast. Um, click that like button and post to our Facebook page if you feel like it. Uh, you can follow us on Tumblr at tradesecretspodcast.tumblr.com. Uh, the Tumblr thing is more just for uh, anybody. Who, if you have a blog on Tumblr already, go ahead and click follow on us. It's going to be po- the posts are mostly the same thing that goes up on the website. Speaking of the website, our website is www.geekerific.com. That's the main site. You can click through to the Trade Secrets site from there, and that will have all of our show announcements. It'll have articles. Um, it'll have uh, information about, you know, Andy's going to start posting a weekly uh, pull list of things that he thinks should be picked up every week. Um, and in the off, uh, off weeks, I'll post a random collection of books that you guys should be reading. Cool. Uh, rate us on iTunes. We are actually up on iTunes now. The iTunes feed got approved and it is up and running. So you can you can subscribe to us through the iTunes store. Just search for Trade Secrets Podcast. Um, while you're on there, go ahead and rate us or rate us and or review us. Um, we will soon be on Zoom. I have submitted to the Zoom submitted the feed to Zoom, but I don't think we're up there yet. I keep checking it. You like. After the fact, took two months to get up on Zoom, two and a half, because they're really fucking slow about it. So it's a race um, between us getting put on there and them just discontinuing the service. <laughs> Seriously, uh, join the forums at the website www.geekerific.com. Us, uh, I will spell it G E E K E R I F I C. Lots of I's, lots of E's, only one R, only one F. Um, and if you want to be a part of the show, you can email us at tradesecrets at geekerific.com. Uh, you can post questions to the Facebook page. You can post them to Twitter. You can email us. You can post them to the forums. Uh, anything you post will likely get used on the show. So, you know, tell us you like us. Tell us you hate us. Uh, ask questions. Tell me if you're another female that reads comic books. Uh, yeah. How many times are you going to say that before it just becomes kind of kind of a little bit desperate? Eh, I'm not desperate. I'm just curious. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Never mind. That was too easy. Right? I I was putting that out there for you. This has been episode (laughs) two of the Trade Secrets Podcast. Uh, Thank you, Andy. Amazing. Fantastic. Thank you, Joel. (laughs) I'm taking it in stride. (laughs) Thank you, man. You are welcome. (laughs) I am Luke, and we're out.